Hello and welcome to another episode of the Spyrokin Mini Movie Review, Spyrokin's podcast where we talk about a new film that came out and give you our basic review about it. So it's a standard movie review for most other podcasts, but we have it as our mini movie review because most of our other reviews are films that are a little bit older. But I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. For those of you who don't know, I am your host, Zan, and with me today is... Greta, what's up? Hope you guys are doing good. No, it's been a bit of time since we've done a mini movie review. Most of them have been on Stardust. If you haven't checked out the Stardust app, I highly recommend it. It's a lot of fun. You can see a 60-second review of a lot of films we've done over the year. We're actually going to be releasing some other ones on the website as well. And speaking of that website, you can check out any of our earlier episodes at www.spirekin.com. You can email us at spirekin at gmail.com or me personally at zan, that's X-A-N, at spirekin.com. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and that lovely and wonderful and amazing PSN network, if you play the video games. Right now, all I've been playing on YouTube is Spider-Man. I didn't get the DLC yet because I'm waiting for it all to come out because I don't want to just have half of the DLC and then have to worry about it. Anyway, so what are we talking about today, Greta? Fantastic Beasts. Yes, awesome, evil, wonderful, amazing. Actually, not that many Fantastic Beasts in this movie, only three, unlike the last film. Yes, we're talking about Fantastic Beasts. The The Crimes of Grindelwald. The 10th film in the Wizarding World franchise, which was started with the eight films from the Harry Potter franchise based on the seven Harry Potter books. Now, I know that math makes no sense because it should be seven movies, not eight, but... Let's be honest right now, Warner Brothers wants their money, and they want to make a lot of money. They want to make a franchise out of it. And this second group of series, the Fantastic Beasts film series, is based on a book that was ten pages long. It was a supplement for the Harry Potter series. He said, we're going to make a story based on it. But they have seemed to create something very different and unique, I think. Very much so. But it... And for a lot of parts, I kind of, like, forgot that it predates Harry Potter and then, like, subtly reminded that this is all building up, too. Yes, this actually takes place in the past, in the 1920s, actually. This one doesn't take place in America. It takes place in France. So we see some differences from England, even though it does take some in- said in England. We. Oui. Yes. Uh, but, well, first off, it was directed by David Yates. He's... De- directed the majority of the Harry Potter films, starting with Goblet of Fire, and he's worked his way through it. Honestly, he's my least favorite of the directors. I think he's a, his take on the world's a little weird. I do like his set pieces. I like how he depicts magic. I just feel he... They could have had someone like Chris Columbus did a good job originally, but I digress. Uh, he does have a good handle in this world. Uh, this was written by J.K. Rowling and produced by her and David Heyman, who David Heyman is obviously the Warner Brothers executive who every time something didn't work to their favor, he's like, okay, we're going to add that. You know, We need a set piece at the end of this movie, so let's kind of throw it in there because it felt kind of forced in. But we digress. And this is starring Claudia Kim, Colin Turner, Zoe Kravitz, Ezra Miller, Alice Sudol, Dan Fogler, Catherine Waterston, Jude Law, we cannot forget that mysterious man himself, Johnny Depp, and Eddie Redmayne. And as we said before, the film is... Kind of awesome. The Crimes of Grindelwald. Fantastic Beasts. Yes. And this is a film which takes place after the first one. Now, if 
you remember the first one, that was actually a really fun story because it was just about Newt's commander, a magizoologist who went to America. He kind of went there illegally, and he just accidentally switched bags with someone, and hilarity ensued. It was actually very creative, very interesting, and it could have been its own thing. It could have been its, it, okay, it could have been its own thing, because I'm not going to lie, it was kind of lost in the first one. I don't think it was lost. I think it was perfect that it was its own thing. It was, It was. yes, it took place in the 20s, and there's some references to uh, Hogwarts and Dumbledore, but nothing crazy until the end of the film where they reveal that Percy Graves, that great and awesome Colin Farrell, was not Percy Graves. Turns out he is Grindelwald, the evil villainous wizard who made D- Voldemort look like a pansy. This is the guy that started World War II to destroy all muggles or nomadges. And at the end of it, Newt's commander reveals him, and he's arrested by Makuza, the magical American Congress of... Uh, I don't remember the rest of it, but he gets arrested by them, and he's stuck there. <laughs> but I don't... I, now I'm just using noises, but... What I like about this one, The Crimes of Grindelwald, is like I was in its own story and it was its own thing, but then there were little things that were like, oh, okay, this is what leads up to, eventually this turns into Harry Potter. Yes, it does. This this one is focusing a lot more on Grindelwald, but, so the story is that it's six months after Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Grindelwald is going to be extradited from the U.S. to England, and he escapes. And As all good plans happen, most good movies like this start with they're transporting a prisoner, and nothing can go wrong. It's all perfect and set up, and then, you know what? Funny thing, everything goes wrong. Yeah, it's... And from there, it leads to... Newt getting conscripted by Albus Dumbledore, played by Jude Law, and... I kind of liked this side of Dumbledore. Well, let's okay, get sorry. the basics out of the way before we get into the actors. I think that, because we have a lot to say about all these characters. Gets to him working for Dumbledore, him having to choose a side, and then the beginning of the Second World War, that mystical war starting. And this is the second in a group of five films. And I hate to say it, but you feel that here. This feels incomplete. The film feels very incomplete. Most films have the three-plot structure, three-act structure. This one does not. It's got the first act, really well done. Second act, and then it just goes to, to be continued. Yeah. So until the third one, I don't know how I feel about the overall. But there's some very good set pieces in this film, in my opinion. I like it, but at the same time, I like that it makes me want to see the next movie. If I were at home, like, fast forward a couple years, and I, now I'm rewatching all of these, I'm going to want to sit at home and, you know, someone might pop up on my TV and say, do you want to continue watching this? And I will binge watch it because it can't end like this. But, it's a cliffhanger. But on the other hand, depending on the next movie, you could be like, oh, I really like Crimes of Grindelwald, or... This was a garbage movie afterwards. You'd be like, this was terrible. Like, Matrix Reloaded was that. It was. It had a great setup, but then you're like, this is a really bad movie. It just, we have to wait and see. But, let's get to the good parts. We got the negative, let's get to the good parts. First off, the feeling of this world 
is still intact. Like I said, David Yates, despite what I don't like, what he did to the, the films and the plots, he has a great way to show the magical world. He has it developed in such a unique and amazing way. I mean, just seeing the French version of Diagon Alley was clever. Beautiful, mischievous, fun. I want to go there. Yes, you want to find that statue that moves slightly? Yes. I'm going to walk into the little pillar thing and ta-da! And don't worry, we're not going to spoil anything about what happens in the film. We're not going to say any of the big reveals because there were some interesting twists that kind of we have to see how they turn out. But the main part of this besides the visuals, and I will say this, the, well, the spells were underused in this film. There weren't a lot of magical beasts or fantastic beasts. There's only three in this film. There was... But it, it has it in the title, Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald. Yes, it's about it, the crimes. But it should have some beasts in it. It only had three beasts, and one of them we've met before. They had nifflers. Lots of nifflers. Well, baby nifflers. You see a lot of other ones. You see, you a, see, there, there's no, you a, see a Kelpie. You see a Kelpie, and then you see the, the one... The eyeball things. He, like, does the eyedroppers in them, and the... Oh, oh, the... The, the, the eyeball things. The, the parasite. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you see no, the parasite is different. The eyeball thing when they're in the... Oh, yeah. And then you see Kappa, too. But So you see a couple... You see a lot of cool stuff. But they're not like... Uh, and this time they do feel no more like they had a point to be. It wasn't they were just, look at all the pretty creatures. They don't do anything. Or the weird creatures. This one, they had something to do each one. No spoilers. I'm going to be very careful on how I say this. You meet a really cool snake. That, actually, we know about. That's been the big debate, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. We'll get into the, that big thing, because we have to talk about Zoe Kravitz and that whole debunkle. So, first off, Eddie, Eddie Redmayne, back as Newt's commander. He's got this character down where he's very kind of Asperger-y. I hate to say Asperger-y, but he, he feels like he's not in touch with the world, like... There is something wrong. And it works with him because that's how he is. He can't communicate with people, but he can communicate more with animals. And that's the thing which is good about him. He's He loves animals and he's very good with animals. And he just doesn't understand how people tick. And it works like that, unlike his brother. But he understands how animals tick. He's like a magical beast whisperer. He is a whisperer because he never raises his fucking voice. He's a sweet, you know, guy. He's the the class of beta male. He's yeah, but like, you had to be. You had to to listen to hear him his dialogue. He's like, well, I, I don't know. Uh, it's like, but I like enunciate. No, but speak. I speak. Like, but I like that. Like, I think that can be a powerful move, and it could be a specific move. Like, there's a lot of people who play villains who only talk very softly and they make you they command the room and you have to like lean in to listen to them and then there's people that are just loud for no reason you know like i don't i don't mind that he's soft spoken and and awkward around people but you see him in his element when he's dealing with these creatures i will agree there i would like to see a little more just volume but so i don't have to struggle but maybe you need a hearing aid I'm not that old yet. Getting there, but not that old. Then you had some of the other returning cast. You had Catherine Watterson as Tina Goldstein. Now she's a detective instead of just being a regular Aura. And her plot is... Unlike the first one, this one she is she is more 
angry, bitter girl who found out that guy she liked. She was hurt. She's hurt. So you went from assertive, I don't need a man, to I'm hurt. And that was a little bit of a... Because she went from I don't need a man to, hey, you know what, but I want this one. Yeah, and she downslid. Same thing with Queenie. Queenie, her sister played by Alison Sudol, she was an awesome... Sweet. And in love with Jacob... And then this movie... You kind of feel like... You see a progression on their relationship, but where it ends up is kind of... How the hell did this happen? Because she she starts out like the Gatsby, ditzy, bubbly party girl. And then... I don't know. Let's leave it alone. I'm not going to spoil it. her, Her story arc twist is... Interesting. And especially for someone who's in natural ligaments, I don't see how it happened. I don't see how it happened. And I like. I think it takes somebody very strong from an actor point of view to play somebody truly ditzy. So to see this whole like story arc come out, I was impressed and irritated. I'm, I'm irritated with the, with the character. I'm impressed by the actress. I think, I think I'm, I agree with you there. Also, Dan Fogler playing Jacob Kowalski, though no match. I like him in this one a little more because the first one, he is just the comic relief. This one, he actually has a purpose and he is involved. I feel He's catching up. The yeah. first one, he was just three steps behind everybody. This one, he's catching up. And at one point, he even calls out something, which is like, they say like, he says, this is fucking crazy. And like, and you're like, yeah, yeah you agree. It's like, this is crazy. He's saying the obvious and he, he gets it while other people are saying, no, no, no. But I think you need a no match in this. You do. And I think he's a perfect example of this. And I like him. Now, for the new actors who are involved, first off, you have Zoe Kravitz as Lita Lestrange. And that story arc... I want to see where it's going. Well, her story... Um, she needs a hug. She That was an interesting, twisted, and... She needs a hug. Yeah, she desperately needs a hug, but she did an amazing job. She oh. nailed this character down. Even and I'm though, sorry, e- her, her uh, side note, because I'm just going to be the girl for a moment, her costume is just beautiful. The one thing, uh, the one issue I have with her is that she is an exposition dump. The last act, the last part of this movie, it's 15 minutes of her at the last minute giving her backstory. That was a little bit misplaced. They should have had it a little bit earlier. A little bit earlier. I do not disagree. They dumped that way too soon. Uh, the other new female character, uh, Claudia Kim as Nagini. Let's get the snake out of the room, shall we? Uh, yeah, we have no idea what's going on with her. Okay, I take it back. Her costume is beautiful. But we have no idea what's going on with her. And the crazy part is that we know in the future that this is the same Nagini as the one that is Lord Voldemort's Horcrux and is familiar. She ends up siding with Lord Voldemort. So she's bad. But in this one, she is not, not bad. She's not bad yet. So the question... No, she's venomously against. So how does she go from point A to point B? I'm kind of intrigued to see where this goes. Stay tuned. It's one of those. Stay tuned. And now my thought is, we know what she looks like. So when she is the old woman in the house, like... Okay, I'm getting out of myself. 
Well, she's not. You you never see her as a human. You didn't know she was a human until no, this No, in the movie. Harry Potter series. In the Harry Potter series, you never knew she was a human. She's the old woman, and then her her mouth opens, and then she like, turns back into the snake, and she's attacking everything. Oh, she, oh, that she's puppeting. That's the whole... She's puppeting the body. They explain that in the book. She's puppeting the body. Mm. But it explains how she's able to speak. But no, but no. No, she never spoke. No, in the, no, she's speaking, but she only speaks to Harry, and Harry's only understands her because, because she's, she's, she's speaking she's, in parcel tongue. Parcel tongue. Yes, we're getting geeky. Anyway, so now, the other ones. Now, the two big leads. I mean, there's other actresses and actors who show up. Like, Nicholas Fumel shows up, played by Brontus Jarowski. I'm not going to lie. I spent the rest of the day ro- running around like Nicholas Fumel. When you see the movie, enjoy it. This is one of the David Yates issues where he takes artistic license and kind of throws it out the window because the whole thing is that the, 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 the elixir of life... Restores you to a younger age. He wouldn't have been a billion years old looking like a zombie. But that's he did not look like... He looked... 200. He he's looked suppo- 114. He's supposed to be young. And now... Well, young is a relative term. No, he's supposed to be like at his prime with the... Oh, serum. that's his prime. I'm so sorry. That's why I... But, but now the two big ones. Jude Law and Johnny Depp as Gellert Grindelwald and Albus Dumbledore. Let's... Say this, it's the change history. Albus is not the transfiguration teacher, but rather he is the defense against the dark arts teacher, which he never had done before. Hmm, retconning of. Uh... I don't know. I really like that side of him. He's like a trickster. He's. He commands the room. He, and he is always calm. Even when people are berating him, he is like, I don't need to hear this. I'm in charge. Even when he's about to get upset, he is very calm. And I like Jude Laws. I think he's amazing in it. And he focuses- I thought that was consistent with, with the future films, I should say. It is consistent. And it's well done. Also, they focus a little bit on the mysterious relationship that he has with Grindelwald. And it hints at his relationship with his brother. As well. Uh, I'm just sitting here raising my eyebrows. You're like, yes, it does. Hmm. Yes. And the situation with their sister, which, well. Hmm. Now, interesting. Now it's all interesting. Now let's get to Johnny Depp. Shall we? As Gellert Grindelwald. First off, he was the guy that decided that let's make Grindelwald a heterochromic, which I actually liked. The like, thing. was really cool. That's a, a very cool concept, but he looks like a crazy person. It's like you see him as a young child, then you see him as an adult. It's like, I hate to say it, and you know, and, and like young Dumbledore to older Dumbledore, it's like he just got handsome. Grindelwald young to Grindelwald old, he got hit with the ugly stick quick. He went, I'm handsome looking, Blah, evil, and I look like I got, um, but I kind of like that. Like my, I want <laughs> evil people to get ugly when they get old. Like the the evilness should ooze out from their soul and make them ugly looking. And if you're truly a sweet and kind person, like you're gonna end up looking like Mrs. Fields. Like you're gonna be like sweet and cherubish and twinky and. But. Yes. In my universe, that's what happens. You but, are an evil, horrible human being. You look gross, disgusting, and creepy. However, Grindelwald, he's, he looks like a crazy person, but... 
He does horrific things. He but does, he's charismatic. Yes, like you, he, he's able to convince people. Like we saw him do horrible things, yet he convinces everyone that he's not bad. But you he, can see like that. He, he has that charisma. He has that, oh, he could be a cult following. Like people will follow him. Idiots will take note. He is charismatic and he is one of these leaders that you could see. And if the, it's a very similar cult following leadership role that will say it. Adolf Hitler had. It's that very like, I am in charge and you will listen to me because we're not bad. They're not bad. We, we respect them. But they're going to cause problems. You need to be led, they're led astray. So let us lead them into the light. And he is methodical and manipulative to an insanely great degree. And his whole reasoning for all this is the return of Ezra Miller's character, Credence, who we thought died in the first film. But, as we know, with all Harry Potter movies, magic fixes everything, and that's the case. Now, we've talked about the art style, we've talked about the plot, we've talked about the actors. Now, how's the movie itself? Very simple. I'm just going to say this as plain as I can. I don't know how to feel about this. As I said, I, this, I love coming back to this world, especially this part of the Harry Potter universe, the more adult part. However, this film feels very disjointed. It feels like it's missing something. And more importantly, that it feels like it's geared towards a more mature audience, more for like older teens and adults, yet they have the set pieces that are more simple, that are like kid-friendly. And I, it just it feels like it should pick a tone and stick with it. Also, as I said, the issue with them putting in certain set pieces which don't need to be there drove me up the wall. My feeling is that they are making it for an older audience. However, I feel like they're they're doing what they tried to do for what Disney did with with Monsters Inc. You know, they tried to have the the film evolve as the viewer grew up. So, okay, granted, Harry Potter came out; a bunch of adults loved it. I'm I'm not gonna lie; I'm an adult, loved it. Um. But now it's been a little while. Harry Potter's universe has been around. So now we're all a little bit older. And, this I, is like, and I agree with you. That's how it should be now. But they keep throwing in the small kid parts. Because the, you still need the future generation to want to have a wand. Future generation to know can that your watch parents the old, aren't crazy. They can watch the old Harry Potter films. They don't need to watch this essentially the beginning of World War II with a pseudo Naziistic leader, fascist cult leader. They don't need to see this one. They do, but they don't. I think that if you watch it, you will either feel disappointed, you'll be confused by it, or you'll find it perfect. Perfectly serviceable. And that's the thing. Until the next film, I have no idea how to rate this. I mean, I'm going to give it a middle of the ground. Watch it once on TV or DVD. I'm going to have to rectify it once the next film comes out. I'm still shocked that they're making five of these, and this is the second one. I'm just shocked. Uh, Three, I could see. But five? This is is just a money grab at this point. But I will say I do want to see more of the other characters, and I would like them not to focus on Dumbledore. I would like to see the other. That's why I liked about the first one is like Dumbledore just mentioned it was more about it was more about Newt and that, and then Percy was the bad guy. But then they said, "Oh, we'll make him Grindelwald. We'll throw it in." They didn't do that. I think I would have, but I digress. No, I I liked that we saw a little bit more Dumbledore. I still felt that he wasn't like a super main character of the movie, but I liked the insight into him. Like I feel like I know him a little bit more, and it was nice. It's like when you pull back the curtain and realize that your dad 
had a leather jacket in high school and looked cool in it. And it, like, throws you off. It's like, I'm looking at Dumbledore in a different way. But we knew about his illicit relationship. and we don't. Yeah, but I liked seeing it. It's, it's And I thought Jude Law did a great job. And I liked the 20s and his costumes looked no, fantastic. I like the 20s. I like that the setting but like i said i'm gonna i'm gonna give it a worth watching in theaters or dvd once until the next movie i don't know how to i may say this is terrible afterwards i don't know i can't make a concise decision on it so i'm gonna just say it's middle of the ground it's serviceable it's enjoyable for watching once you can if you're a purist you may despise this one because it throws several things out the window a lot of basic plot points that are established in canon harry potter are destroyed or just completely shat upon. So that's my take on it. I mean, I know you feel more positively about it. Yeah, I liked it. I'm not going to lie. It does feel like it needs... You. I'm waiting for the next movie. It needs the second one. Third. I'm sorry. I'm, I take that back. It needs the third one. It needs more. But a lot of movies do this and, and are doing it right now. Avengers. Avengers is different. I'm just dropping that off there. Avengers is not that because Avengers is different. But I also feel like Harry Potter did this to us. Harry Harry Potter was the first one that did it to us because they were trying to... They ended up... Well, no. The first one to do the let's take a book and mutilate it was Twilight with their fourth film. Which was let's take a book and split it in half into two fucking movies. That's what they did. And then Harry Potter followed suit. And then The Hobbit, which we won't get me started on The Hobbit because that will get me really upset. They did that. So it's let's take books and let's stretch them out more and more. And it takes them more But at the same bones. time, like if you read a book, a good book, it takes more than one movie to capture everything in there. Or you make concessions and you lose characters and you lose little tidbits that made you fall in love with people and like certain things and you miss moments and so I I, I get it. Like they I get splitting a book into two movies. I get it. Ima- imagine splitting Pride and Prejudice into four movies. Yes. You I know. would go crazy. No, A and E did that. No, that's a mini series. I'm saying like feature length movies where you have a year apart in between each one. The year apart does you would go and b- bother me. It doesn't, but it doesn't break like that. Certain things need that. You know, even with the adaptation of that you still miss things that are in the book. So, I can argue it telling blue in the face, but I, I like I like that I need a second movie for this. I like that it's part of a series, but I am weird like that. No, I enjoy I like series. trilogies. I, I like, like trilogies like and, and things like that, but five is ridiculous. This could have been done in three, not five. But, again, we digress. Anyway, we took, usually these micro-reviews are 15 minutes or less, and we're going on to the 30-minute mark. So, I guess that's it for this episode. Uh, Go watch it. Watch the movie. It's a good one. Uh, if you guys disagree with what we say, comment down below or email us at spirekin.gmail.com or at Twitter on at Spirekin. I uh, hope you guys have a great day. And um, let's see now. Something different to say. I will say uh, we're gone. So we'll catch you next time. So, Evencio. Poof. <laughs> I think that worked. Ah, it didn't work. Okay. Um, Avracadabra? No, no, no. I'm not going to kill myself. Um, <laughs> Deposo.